At the church I served in Gainesville, I was in charge of our Sunday seminars, adult education opportunities that, on different topics each week. And we would regularly survey the congregation to find out like, what they wanted the seminars to be about. And inevitably, every time we did, especially at this time of year, there was some version of a suggestion that said, what do I say to my uncle at Thanksgiving when he starts to talk about religion? Or maybe more often, how do I win the argument with my uncle at Thanksgiving about religion? For many of us, the holidays are the time of year when we're asked to justify our, our faith or our life to a skeptical audience. In the early church, Christians were thrown into the arena to fight the lions. Today, it's like getting cornered by your uncle near the dessert table. I know that people in Gainesville wanted to have a point-by-point -point refutation ready for the family members who had been given point-by-point -point arguments by their Southern Baptist pastor that week. But that's not how progressive Christianity works. Maybe you've figured that out already. And either way, your uncle will not be convinced. And this is your metaphorical uncle. Hopefully you have good uncles. I try to be a good uncle. But it's stuck with me that this is a time of year, especially in an open and affirming congregation like ours, where people are feeling anxious about the conversations they will be forced to have over the holidays or the conversations that will play out in their heads when they don't see family over the holidays. And I always find myself wanting to preach a sermon of protection, a sermon of assurance, that the God that you have come to know here, a God of love and of acceptance, a God of inclusion and justice, is the real deal. And the faith you are building, whatever it looks like, and whether you call it faith or not, is real. You're entitled to build it and to change it and to change it again. That in fact, that's the way the people of God have always done it, no matter what your uncle says. I was reminded of that again last week when I attended the, the premiere, this sounds fancier than it is, of a new video curriculum about ministry with and from young adults. The curriculum is coming out of Garrett Seminary, where a couple of our uh, student pastors have come from in the past. And the part that I was there to see was created by my friend Alexa Eisenbarth, who did a little bit of student pastoring here in the summer of 2018. Alexa's piece of that curriculum is about religious trauma, a common experience in young adults who grew up in the church. But I think the story that she tells or the metaphor that she uses actually applies to most of us. Those who identify as having religious trauma or not, the young and not young, I think it applies to anyone whose faith has changed since they were a child or might change in the future. Alexa talks about church as a place where we find a thread of meaning or where we're given, given it the thread that describes what life is supposed to be. We might be given a thread like, I'm a sinner in need of redemption. Or we might be given a thread that says, God loves me, or, or any number of other threads. And of course, you don't have to go to church to be given one of those threads. We all have threads. 
And whatever thread we're given, she says, we start to string the beads of our experience onto it. Maybe we're given that story, God loves me. And we string the bead of having loving parents who care for us. And we string the bead of going to Sunday school and singing Jesus loves me. And we string the bead of making friends and and falling in love with nature and having someone pick us up and put a Band-Aid on us when we fall down. We string all of the events of our life on that thread. And then one day we have an experience that doesn't fit. A bead that can't be held on that thread. We're hurt by a trusted person or we come out and our church doesn't accept us or we lose someone important to us and we hear someone say God needed them or everything happens for a reason, or any number of things, but whatever it is, that bead doesn't fit on our thread. It doesn't work with the story we've been telling. How can it be true that God loves me if it's also true that God let this terrible thing happen to me? The story is inadequate for holding this new experience. And in that moment, Alexa says, What makes it so traumatic is not that simply that that one bead won't fit on the thread, but that given that experience, our thread can no longer hold anything. All of our beads come off and we find ourselves without a thread, without a story to give meaning to our lives. It's scary, it's upsetting, it's disorienting. It's hard to know where to go from there because that thread was the one that told us where to go and how to make sense of things and what to do next. It's traumatic, but it's not a new experience for people of faith. In the book of Jeremiah, the people of Israel are in one of those moments when all the beads have come off. I won't go into the whole history, but the important points are that Israel has been conquered by Babylon and their king has made a miscalculation. He he tried to ally with the enemies of Babylon and overthrow them and it didn't work. And in retribution, the Babylonians exile all of Israel's leaders and they lay waste to the capital city of Jerusalem and most devastatingly, they destroy the temple. These are beads that just don't fit. A trauma that the people can't make sense of. Because the story that they've been telling for hundreds of years is that they are the people of God. That they have a covenant with God to be God's people and for God to be their God. And one of the most important ways they know it is that they built a house for God in Jerusalem. God lives with them, among them. But now they've been exiled and that home has been destroyed. The thread has snapped and the beads are scattered. Not just those hard beads, the traumatic beads, but the good ones too. The the liberation from enslavement, the manna in the wilderness, the milk and honey. What does any of it mean now? Was any of it real to begin with? In those moments, we have a choice. We can pick up some new simple thread and see how long it lasts us. Or we can pick up meaninglessness, which is its own thread, 
to say that life is random and that all our beads are simply happenstance. There is no story. Or we can try to weave something stronger to create a sturdier, more complicated thread that can hold all of our experience, that can make sense of all of our mixed feelings. Alexa suggests that creating those more robust threads means following up our simple statements of faith with a phrase like, and by that I mean, for example, she says, God loves you, and by that I mean that God is always desiring your flourishing and is saddened with you when things stand in the way of your flourishing. Creating a more complex thread means fewer moments when we find a bead that won't fit, and maybe I think it means we get better at weaving new strands in without the whole thing falling apart. Because that's what the people of God have been doing for millennia. Jeremiah offers the people a new thread in this chapter 31 that Rebecca read. Or maybe the old thread with a couple others braided in, a new covenant Yes, God will be their God, and yes, they will be God's people. God will dwell with them. And by that, God means that God will live in their hearts. God's presence will no longer be dependent on the teachers of Israel. It will no longer be dependent on a particular building in a particular city. If they want to know the will of God, all they have to do now is turn within themselves to know it, to seek God in their hearts and discern where God is leading them. Which is more complicated than God just having one home and a few teachers to explain it all. But it's also harder to destroy. Jeremiah offers the people a new, more complex story, something capable of holding all they have experienced, and they take it up, and they start to add their beads to it. I always tried to tell people in Gainesville, your uncle will not be convinced. And even if he would, there's not a progressive Christian version of the arguments he's been taught to use. Because the point of progressive Christianity or the, or the work of it is to find answers to life's questions that are more complex than that. Answers that won't fit on a pamphlet you can leave in a gas station bathroom. Because we tried those answers and we found they didn't work. The work is to braid a cord so strong and complex that it can hold it all because it's true. And your uncle is never going to go for that. For many of us, the holidays are a time when we are confronted by that old thread. Whether it's explicitly religious or not. When we're reminded of that old story of who we are, who we were supposed to be. Where we may be asked again to try to string all of our heavy, complicated, beautiful, terrible beads on that simple strand. And that can bring us back to that moment or those moments when it all came apart. We can start to doubt all the difficult and careful work we've put into our new thread. 
Our uncles may even tell us we're not allowed to have a new thread. That's not how the threads work. Or the uncle that we carry around with us in our heads may tell us that. Might tell us that we have to throw out the beads of our experiences and just make it work with this thread that we gave you. But you can tell them that's not what Jeremiah 31 says. Don't really tell them that. If you take nothing else from this sermon, (laughs) do not engage with your uncles. (laughs) But you know, and don't doubt it, God's people have always found new threads, have always worked to weave stronger and more complex stories when they found themselves in those moments when the cords snapped and the beads scattered. And God has told us, you don't need your uncle for that work. You don't need a pastor for that work. You don't have to go to any particular place. The story of God is there within you, written on your heart. God loves you. By which I mean, God has chosen to dwell within you. And God is able and willing to hold all that you hold with you and all that is too heavy for you to hold for you. Amen.